Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the Miss Pink Digital Podcast. Home to everything digital marketing, brand building and tech. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking all about how you can improve your website conversion rate through conversion rate optimization. Very exciting stuff indeed. Uh, So before we get started talking about ways you can improve your website's conversion rate, we are just going to talk about quickly what conversion rate is and what conversion rate optimization is as well, as well as some frameworks you should be putting in place if you are planning on improving that conversion rate on your website. So conversion rate is the percentage of users who have completed a desired action on your website, whether that is submitting a form, ringing your business, purchasing a product, downloading something, any of those actions that you would deem as the desired outcome of your website or as your marketing campaign that you're running to your website at the time, that is your um, conversion rate there. And if we take the definition of conversion rate further and move it into the realm of conversion rate optimization, conversion rate optimization is basically all about making changes on your website to improve the likelihood of of someone completing a desired action. The good thing about conversion rate optimization is although it may sound overwhelming and there is a lot to it and it's a lot of testing and a lot of trial and error and iterating, there are small steps you can take to make the world of difference on a website. So when it comes to conversion rate optimization, there are a few principles to follow and kind of like a testing framework to follow to really make sure you're doing what's best for your website. I think there is a misconception that you will just get your website or your landing page and make a couple of changes that follow best principles based on what you've read on blogs or what you've heard at marketing events and your campaigns, your marketing activity will improve drastically. Whilst I do wish this was the case, there is a lot of testing involved or at least a little bit of testing involved. So it's really important to just make sure you build that testing framework out because it's not going to be a one size fits all scenario. What might work for one business or for one page might not work for another business or for another page. So don't let the whole idea of testing and iterating stop you. It's really beneficial to make sure you are doing conversion rate optimization in the long run. An example would be if you have a really successful marketing campaign already, if you optimized your website around that conversion rate piece, it will take your campaigns to the next level. If you are struggling with your campaigns and your website isn't where it is at from a conversion rate perspective, it might help bring those campaigns back to life. I think someone I was listening to on a podcast framed this really nicely. I can't remember who it was now, but it works really well or this principle works really well when you put it in a paid ads perspective. So if you're running paid ads um, to your website, really think about this principle when you're working on your website's conversion rate. So when it comes to paid ads activity specifically, or even if you're trying to rank organically uh, for non-branded SEO terms, that is essentially the same as if you were to have a physical store and have someone out in the streets 
going around trying to find people who they think might like what you have in your store and might go and shop in your store. So that's the job of ads and SEO is, and even social media posts, anything like that. The job is to go and ideally find people who would like your business, like your product. So let's say I've gone out and I found a bunch of really relevant people to your business who are going to go in and really like what you do. So I bring them to the shop door or the store door. (laughs) That's hard to say. I bring them to the door and they go in and there's no merchandise. There's no one at the till. There's no pricing on the products. The products aren't great quality. There's nothing in there that is an incentive to buy anything. All of those quality people that I've bought to the store are going to be a waste. And that's kind of the same principle if your website isn't up to scratch and you aren't working on that conversion rate piece. You're bringing, you could potentially be bringing all these high quality leads to your website, but none of them are converting because the website isn't where it needs to be. So it's ads job to bring people to your website and make sure they're as highly relevant as possible, but it's your website's job to land those people who come to the website. So that's where conversion rate optimization comes in. So we're going to go back to the testing framework and just talk about what I think the testing framework could be, what I found works well for me. Obviously, this isn't a one size fits all scenario as well. You might hear other people's ideas of a testing framework. And if you do, then you can implement what you think works best for you and what would work best for your business and take bits and bobs from elsewhere as well. But the first important thing to do is do your research. Research is so, so important when it comes to conversion rate optimization. Really make sure you understand what the principles are when it comes to conversion rate and how you can improve it on your website. I would say put a lot of time and effort into researching, educating yourself on it if you don't already know a lot or aren't as savvy as you could be in that area. But also to note, we're never always going to know the most. There's always learnings to be taken everywhere we go. So just continuously keep learning and um, educating yourself on conversion rate optimization. The other thing I would say is make sure you have something to measure results and also have a result you want to work to. So whether that's improving your conversion rate by X percent, whether that's you want to reach a certain percentage in terms of conversion rate on your website, whether that's 2%, 3%, 4% and make sure you're trying tracking and measuring those results. One free, easier way you can track these results is through Google Analytics. If you don't already have Google Analytics or it's now called Google Analytics 4, make sure you install it on your site. This is a really useful tool, not only to track your conversion rate, but also track other things like where users are coming from, what device they visit your site from. You can see their journey when they enter your site and all of that good stuff. So make sure you have that set up before you start testing different ways to improve your conversion rate. So once you've got your tracking in place, you've done quite a bit of research and you feel you're quite savvy um, to start this conversion rate optimization process, the first thing you're going to want to do if you're not outsourcing this and you're doing this all in-house is audit. So an audit is basically where you review your website or your page as a whole and you look at what's working, what isn't working and look for those weak spots and areas that need improvement, whether that's big or or small. And that's where your research will really come in handy because you can see what principles you found were common principles in your research and you can apply them to your website or to your page. I am also going to go over in a moment some elements to look for on your website that can help improve that conversion rate 
on your page. You can apply those principles or you can apply other principles that you've seen, but the audit part is very important. Probably the most important part of the process once you get past the research phase, because without that audit, you're not going to be able to see what you need to improve on. I wouldn't recommend just improving things or changing things willy-nilly. You want to keep track of what you're changing and you want to kind of have, build out a timeline of what you're going to change when you're going to change it. Typically, when it comes to changing things like the conversion rate and optimizing around your conversion rate, I would recommend it's better to do it in stages, which I'll go more into in a minute. So this is your first stage. So you don't want to make a huge bunch of changes in one go. The reason for that is because if you make a bunch of changes in one go and your conversion rate doesn't improve, you're not going to be be able to pinpoint why. So you want to make sure you're just making those changes in segments so you can easily track what's working and what isn't. And if you make a change that is beneficial versus isn't beneficial, then off the back of your audit, you're going to want to ideate. Or this can also happen during the audit phase. Let's say you've identified some areas on your website or your landing page that you don't think are very conversion friendly or very user friendly. That's when you can think, okay, what can I do instead? And what should I be implementing here? And then from the ideate phase, you can then start implementing your ideas. Then after you've kind of implemented those ideas, you want to leave that page to run as it is with your new ideas on there for a period of time and test and monitor those results. Make sure you're consistently monitoring the performance and it's not just a set it, forget it kind of thing. Because like I say, when it comes to conversion rate, even though in theory you should be making improvements to it, there is always the chance that conversion rate might see a dip. So you want to keep an eye on that to make sure that doesn't happen. Also, another thing I must stress, although it can be difficult, make sure you leave a reasonable amount of time to kind of generate those results or make sure you've got a reasonable amount of traffic that's gone to your page before you determine whether something's working or not. And that leads me in nicely to the final phase of the testing framework and that's hypothesize. So you've had your landing page running, let's say for a month and you've got the results. The results are in, how exciting. Uh, It's time to come to a conclusion on what you want to do next. Did you get the results you want? Do you see things going in the right direction or do you see things actually going in a negative direction? So once you've kind of identified those areas, it's time to go all the way back to phase one and that's audit what you've got, ideate some more ideas, test and monitor and then hypothesize again. And you kind of want to keep repeating this process until you're happy with the results and you see them going in the direction that you want you want it to. Uh, it may be an ongoing long-term process or it may be a short-term process for your business at this time, but having a process is better than not having a process at all. And the framework is really important because it kind of prevents you from making these crazy changes without really monitoring if they're going to work or not and without really paying attention to performance and taking all the conversion rate optimization principles into account. If you are very, very nervous um, about making these changes and about it impacting your performance, then what I would recommend is you run it as a split test. So basically a split test is where you would get a duplicate version of your page that you're trying to improve conversion rate on and you make the changes to this duplicate version of your page. This is very commonly done through ads. 
So what you would do is, let's say you're running a Google Ads campaign that's running to a specific page on your website. You would duplicate that specific page, make the conversion rate optimization changes on your new test page, and then you would set up an experiment campaign within Google Ads running to that test page. And what an experiment campaign allows you to do is it allows you to test things that would class as major changes within your Google Ads campaign without impacting your original campaign where you do have that historical data in there. So if you want to test your conversion rate optimization changes without changing your original page directly and want to get a healthy amount of traffic to deem if the changes you've made are beneficial, then a Google Ads experiment split test is the best way to do that and is the safest way to do it as well. And then if you find your experiment campaign is outperforming your original campaign, i.e. your campaign going to your optimized landing page versus your non-optimized landing page is performing better, you can apply that experiment. So all the time now your full budget is running towards your optimized landing page and then you can apply those principles throughout the rest of your site because you know they've worked for you. Uh, so that's a really good, safe way of testing your conversion rate changes. And that is probably the way I would recommend um, just to make sure you're taking a really safe approach. So now that we've kind of discussed those frameworks and how you would test things and how you would measure things, we are going to be talking about what you can take into account when improving your conversion rate and things that might help you uh, in the um, conversion rate optimization process. Now, this is by all means not an extensive list. There are so many lists out there, so many different ways people use to measure conversion rate or so many different ways they use as signals to optimize towards conversion rate. This is just some of the ways I like to do it. Um, So take what I have to say, but obviously also make sure you're applying knowledge from elsewhere and kind of seeing what fits best for you. So I like to break conversion rate optimization out into what's called free ease. And that stands for ease, emotion and encouragement. I'm going to run through those ease now <laughs> and um, kind of go into more detail about what each one means and what they're kind of like umbrellas of subpoints. So what each one of those subpoints means. And the first E we are going to cover is ease. And this is all about ensuring that the user's experience leading up to the conversion is as easy and as seamless and smooth as possible. So this all starts out with making sure you know exactly who you're targeting, who's your target audience and how you can best cater to them. So that leads us nicely in to the first sub point that helps improve the ease of your website and that is relevance. So are you taking users to the most relevant page possible? Have you determined who this demographic that you're targeting is, whether it's through um, SEO. So you've got those keywords that you want to rank for and you're trying to proactively rank for them through your content. Are you bidding for specific keywords on Google and you need to ensure your page is relevant to those keywords? Or are you running like a social ads campaign and you're trying to align your audience targeting with that page you're taking them to? Whatever it may be, it's really important to ensure your page is as relevant as possible. When you're taking users to a page that doesn't match their query, doesn't match 
what they're interested in, what they'd be looking for, you risk generating a high bounce rate. And bounce rate is essentially the rate in which users are going on your site and then jumping straight off. The higher your bounce rate, this is an indication the worse your page is, to put it bluntly. And you're not catering to users as well as you could slash should be. Then the next one is guidance and simplicity. When a user does go to your website, Are you telling them exactly what you want them to do and where you need them to go? We are, as humans, we are pretty lazy and we've gotten lazier um, as time has gone on and platforms like TikTok and Instagram Reels has really taken the world by storm where we're seeing everything in real time. We're seeing everything very quickly and digesting things very quickly. So we don't really like to sit and try and figure things out like we used to. If someone goes to a website and it's not instantly clear how this website is catered to them or how this page is catered to them and what they need to do to complete the desired action on the site, they're just going to drop off and go elsewhere. And that's where guidance and simplicity is really important and making sure you're taking users through all the steps and it's as easy as possible. They do say if it takes a user more than three to four seconds to find like your phone number on your website or your call to action on your website, then it's too long. And um, you probably need to improve the visibility on that. So I do talk about this more in a minute, but I'm going to touch on it in this section as well because it is so important. A prime example of a basic principle to ensure you are guiding the user and having that simplicity element is making sure all call to action buttons or important conversion orientated buttons like click to call buttons, buttons that link to a form submission are above the fold of the page. And for those who don't know what above the fold of the page means, basically means in the top half of the page. So the user doesn't have to scroll down to see their first call to action. You're instantly telling them when they go to the page, what they need to do. And then as they scroll through the page, realistically, the call to action needs to follow them down the page so that it's always easy for them to seek out a call to action button as and when they need to, and they read through content. So that's a really, really important element to have on your page. Next one is clutter and clarity. So is your content laid out in a clear, easy to digest structure? And is it clear what the user needs to do? Again, feeding back into that guidance and simplicity piece, content needs to be laid out in a way that's very easily digestible, especially when it comes to both desktop and mobile. We find now a lot of users are navigating the web through mobile devices. We need to be catering to them as well. And this is actually a really strong signal to Google from an SEO perspective. If your website is catered to mobile, Google loves that. So if you want to improve your SEO and your conversion rate optimization, make sure your website is catered to mobile devices, not only through like technical nitty gritty elements, but also through the content and how that content is displayed. So some ways you can make your content really clear is you want to be catering not only to mobile users, but to skim readers. Like I say, people are very busy. So often when they're reading articles, they don't like reading big block of texts. They're actually scanning information and trying to pinpoint key pieces of information that are relevant to them. So you want to make that as easy as possible. And you can do that through headings, bolding of text, making sure paragraphs are short and easily digestible and breaking out text through bullet points, lists, 
imagery, video, all of that good stuff. So any way you can kind of make that content really easy to read, navigate and pinpoint the key pieces of information, the better that page is going to be from a conversion rate perspective for the user. The next one is a bit more technical. Are all technical elements working on your site? So there's a few factors that kind of feed into the technicalities when it comes to the conversion rate. Um, And the first one is site speed. And site speed is important for a number of things, not just for conversion rate optimization, but it's often something Google will look at when, you again, you're trying to improve your SEO. You're trying to really improve where you're sitting on organic search, but also when you run ad activity. So Google have this thing, I won't go into it too much because we'll be jumping around a lot, but Google have this um, score called keyword quality score and a factor that feeds into that quality score is your landing page experience and improving your site speed helps improve your landing page experience within Google ads as well. So it's really beneficial, not only from a conversion rate optimization perspective, but it can also help other elements of your advertising and marketing. The reason why site speed is so important to the user is again, our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and the user does not want to wait ages for a site or a page to load. There's nothing more annoying than when a page or a site won't load and they can just go elsewhere and find a competitor whose page loads a lot faster. So site speed is a really important technical element to get right. Another one is is making sure all internal links and buttons are working, especially those call to action buttons. There's nothing worse if you're getting a bunch of clicks on your call to action buttons. So you're getting loads of intent. People want to convert, but they just can't. So are all your buttons going to the right places? Are they all working? And are they all easy to navigate and find? Off the back of that, if you do have any call to action buttons or click to call buttons or form submissions, or even just like people go to your site to purchase any of that, is it all working? Do your form submissions submit correctly? If I click on your number on your site, is it going to call the right number? And if I purchase a product, is that checkout journey going to be seamless and smooth? There is a slightly different conversion rate optimization process to come into play when it comes to e-commerce versus um, lead gen. So we'll probably do more episodes where we cover each sector in more detail. This is more just a catch-all piece so you can apply these basic principles across the board, but you just want to make sure the consumer journey is as easy as possible there and that everything is working when it comes to form submissions, phone calls, and the purchase journey. Going back to optimizing around mobile phones, alongside making sure all your buttons work on mobile, also making sure your screen size or sorry your website fits to the screen size of a mobile phone is very important it is not only a technical element you should be getting right but it also helps the user journey and helps the navigation for the user it makes it a whole lot easier for them to navigate on a mobile device if your website fits to their phone and also just make sure all elements including images text video sound, anything like that loads on the page as well, which also falls into kind of site speed and making sure all of those elements 
are working. Now moving on to the next E and that is emotion. So how the user feels when they're coming to your site. And there are different caveats to kind of playing on that emotion piece. And the first one is motivation. Is there anything on your page that will motivate the user to convert? So are you highlighting all of your unique selling points that your business has to offer? Have you put yourself into the mindset of someone who is coming to your site, who you are targeting, what they're looking for and what would appeal to them? And does your business cater to that? And are you really shouting about it on your page? And then alongside that value, do you have anything you can offer them that's of value that your competitors don't offer. So do you have a specific discount if they order a certain amount of products or do you have a, are you offering something for free if they sign up within the next week to your course? Are you offering them something of value for them to take away once they decide to start that user journey on your website? Following value incentivize, is there anything you can offer to incentivize the user. So value and incentive kind of go hand in hand because specific things that you can offer in value can also incentivize the user, whether it's two for one on a product, whether it's free delivery, if they spend over X amount on your store, whether it's if they sign up within the next month, they get something for free within their package. What are you doing to incentivize the user and what do you show that's of value to the user to motivate them to buy your product. So they kind of all play together in a cool little uh, formula there to um, help improve the likelihood of you generating a conversion on your page. And then the final one when it comes to emotion is trust. When users are coming to your page, especially if they're coming from SEO or ads, it's often the first point of contact between the user and your business. And there's kind of a level of trust we need to build up with them before they decide to convert. Obviously, the more expensive your product or service is, the harder it's going to be to kind of gain that trust because there's going to be more consideration that the user is going to take into account before they decide to convert because there's more to lose. A user's going to think more about something if it's an expensive course or an expensive service than if it's like a cheap pair of shoes because if the user orders a cheap pair of shoes and they don't fit or they don't like them they haven't lost as much money as they would have done if they've paid for a whole service so um, trust is a really important element and there are certain ways you can kind of build on trust through your site the first way is social proof so social proof is basically linking to any social media pages you have associated with your business, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or even all of them, linking out to them is a great way to not only help gain the trust of the user, but also aid them in their research process. When a user is going to your website, especially if it's for the first time, they're going to carry out a bunch of research. They're going to have a look at your socials. They're going to have a look at your reviews, which I'll go in more detail in a moment. They're going to have a look at your competitors. They're going to price compare. They're going to compare the motivational elements of your competitors, the value your competitors offers, and what your competitors are doing to incentivize. So that social proof is really helpful there. And it not only helps aid users' anxieties, but it also helps aid them in the research process as well. One thing I would say if you are linking out to your socials, make sure you're proactively posting on your socials with high quality content as well. Because if a user goes to your social from your website and there's no content on there, or there's a couple of posts and they're really low quality, that's going to do the tail opposite of 
building their trust, it's actually going to probably impact that trust quite negatively. So if you are linking to socials, just make sure that you're posting high quality content on there. Another way you can kind of build the trust with your business and the user is by showing positive testimonials and reviews and linking to those reviews. So Google My Business or it's now called Google Business Profiles is a really good way to populate and build up those reviews and build on trust. It not only will help you build on that trust and display your positive reviews and positive feedback, but it will also help in your off-page SEO, which will also feed into your organic search results as well. Reviews is obviously a really strong indicator on if a product or service is of a good quality. So any reviews or testimonials you can build up and input on your page or website is a must. And then finally, just things to calm the user's anxieties if they're worried about ordering a product or signing up for a service and it not being what they want. Are you offering strong return policies and do you shout about them or do you have information on them on your site? Is contact information information easy to find? Do you have either a phone number they can call, an email address they can email, or do you have like a chat bot on the screen that they know they can talk to if they need someone? When it comes to user experience on a website, so not CRO as such, but user experience, a common pain point is support and lack of support, which basically means users find it very frustrating when they don't have that supportive element on a website or a page. So making sure you have that is very important because they may not use it, but even if they just know it's there can really help aid them in their user journey and their consideration phase when deciding if they want to choose you or a competitor. And last but certainly not least, we're going to talk about encouragement. So what are you doing to kind of seal the deal, get the user converting and kind of build that sense of urgency. So the first one is um, call to action. We kind of touched on this at the beginning, but do you have all call to actions and buttons and text throughout your page or your site and are you keeping one at least or at least one above the fold so making sure those call to action buttons are really visible is really important in aiding the user journey and giving them guidance on what you want them to do but also encouraging them to do it so that's a really really good basic principle you can pretty much implement on any page very quickly and it is relatively it's a relatively safe change to make it's been tested a lot we know it works it's a very common basic principle you don't have much to lose by implementing more call to actions the only thing obviously there is a fine line between making sure you use them sufficiently throughout the page and kind of spamming the user you don't want to break that line where it becomes spammy so kind of use your common sense there in how frequently should you be putting the call to actions throughout the page without it being too spammy. And then urgency. Could you incorporate any messaging to build a sense of urgency on your page or website? So going back to kind of that incentivize piece and value piece, if you're running a certain offer, can you say offer ends soon? So kind of building that time frame to build up that sense of urgency. It's important to remember there is an ethical element where you don't want to be stepping in the line of scarcity. We don't want to be scaring the users to convert because that's not that ethical and it 
isn't great from a user experience perspective, but we do want to build up that sense of urgency through your page. So anything you can add in where it's like offer ends soon, offer ends at midnight on X day, or we're running this offer for the next week to kind of get the user going and kind of help aid them in their decision making is really going to help that conversion rate on your website. Something I have found really helpful in the past when it comes to conversion rate optimization and kind of deciding what framework I want to work towards is called the um, conversion heuristics formula. And you'll notice there's a some similarities between the freeze I've got and the conversion heuristics formula as well. In fact, a lot of the elements I talk about or I have spoken about have derived from the conversion heuristics formula. So those who don't know it, it is C equals 4M plus 3V plus 2IF minus 2A. So that sounds complicated, but it's actually not. So it's conversion or the likelihood of conversion equals for motivation, free value, two incentivize and or incentive and friction minus to anxiety. So on your page, in order to generate a conversion, what four things are you doing to motivate the users? What three things are you doing to show the value of your product to the user or service? What are you doing to incentivize the user and how are you eliminating friction for the user? And how are you eliminating their anxiety? So that's conversion equals full motivation plus free value plus two incentive minus friction and minus two anxiety. <laughs> so C equals 4M plus 3V plus 2I minus F minus 2A. It's a long old formula, but it's really, really helpful. And it really helps break down that um, conversion rate optimization model. If you're looking for an article about it, Mech Labs do a really good article about it. Um, if you just type in Mech Labs conversion heuristic formula, you'll be able to see it in there. And they talk more about um, conversion heuristics as a whole and how it's a proven methodology that you can input into your marketing or into your website. But Yes, I hope this episode was helpful. These are just a few basic ways you can improve the conversion rate on your website. As mentioned, it's by no means an extensive list. There's a lot of ways you can improve the conversion rate on your website. And I actually didn't go into all of it. This was just more of a digestible list that you could in theory action on your page without being too overwhelming. But I will be doing more episodes on conversion rate optimization, covering different sectors, covering more nitty gritty elements when it comes to the technical side, when it comes to content. But I just wanted to make this one, as it's the first episode about conversion rate optimization, a bit more digestible and a bit more actionable on your side. But yes, I hope it was helpful and I will speak to you guys soon. Thank you for listening.